This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. Welcome to Hotelcast. This podcast is brought to you by Ask Suite, the number one hotel chatbot focused on directly bookings and reservations productivity. My name is Paula and I'm the content manager at Ask Suite and I will be your host today. Our guest today is David Araya. David is the hotel manager of Four Seasons in Austin, Texas, and I had the pleasure of interviewing David before for the blog post, Are You a Hotel Manager or a Leader? that you can all find at asksuite.com slash blog. But today, David is here to talk about something slightly different and that I'm sure that it's very important, especially today, which is leadership in a crisis. So hello, David. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Paula. It's great to be with you. Thank you. Thank you, David. Uh, I know you already told us a little bit about your career path in the hospitality in our previous interview. But for those who don't know you yet, can you just talk a little bit about your journey as a hotel professional? Absolutely. So my career started in uh, the south of France. Right after high school, I took a cultural exchange program. Uh, rather than going straight into university, and I ended up in a resort in the south of France. I started as a bartender, and I was immediately hooked in the hospitality field. I then decided to venture into hospitality in my formal education, and that's when I landed in Rock Hill, South Carolina at Winthrop University, where I got a degree in international business with a hospitality focus. At The last year of my um, college studies, I uh, became the manager of a small 12-room hotel that we had in the campus. And so I was responsible for um, all of the aspects of, of the day-to-day in the, in the resort, um, along with my studies, of course. And that allowed me, along with a few other jobs that I took each summer that I was there and an internship that I had to take through um, university, Uh, as part of my program, uh, to, to leave college with a management role, uh, which was pretty unique um, because I never had to take on a first-time entry-level employee job uh, right out of college. Nice. Uh, so at that point, um, I, I was determined to, to make it big in hospitality, and I was hungry, and I figured that there was no better place to start than New York City, um, right? As they say, yeah. if you can make it there... You, you make can make it, it anywhere. anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so my uh, fiance and I decided to pack up our bags. We put everything in a U-Haul and we drove up to New York City and uh, and we started our life there. I uh, first started at a small hotel, 65 room hotel, uh, right on 44th Street in Midtown Manhattan, called City Club Hotel, and that was a great way to get started in the industry in New York because it allowed me to keep a, a management title, which is what I was really passionate about, leadership. And so I chose a small 
I, I chose to be a big fish in a small pond rather than going for a big luxury full service hotel at the time. And I chose a small boutique hotel with a leadership title. So that fared me well because uh, about eight months after being in that role, I um, connected with a few other people in the industry and I was able to get a job at the pier in New York City, which at the time was closed and they were in the middle of a renovation and a remodeling under a new brand. So it was first of four seasons and I joined as a Taj Hotels and Resorts employee. So I spent uh, a year and a half at the pier reopening the pier from scratch all the way through a grand reopening. And a few months after the reopening, my wife and I uh, decided to make a move outside of New York City and found that it wasn't necessarily the best fit for us as a family. We were starting to think about having a family and having children, and, and we knew that New York wasn't where we wanted to spend the time. So we started looking for opportunities, and that's where I ended up joining the team at Fountain Blue in Miami Beach, a fabulous resort, uh, almost 1,600 rooms, uh, you know, 10 pools, a large variety of restaurants, bars. So very, very different to to the luxury, the grand dame luxury of, of the pier. So yeah. that, that was an incredible part of my career because I grew rather quickly and I, I, and I took four different steps in almost five years. So I started as a front office manager, um, responsible for two of the four towers at the resort. And then um, I gradually moved up to um, head the front office and then into a very unique hotel manager role where I um, liaised between the different divisions for specific targeted um, projects that we had in terms of culture and in terms of processes, efficiencies, and synergies. So that was a, a very unique uh, project that, or, or, or role that I took. From there, I, I moved to Hong Kong and I joined Swire Hotels. Swire Hotels is a small branch from a much larger company called Swire um, Properties. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was a very unique experience because I spent almost two years in Hong Kong working as the hotel manager for East Hong Kong, uh, but also getting exposed to all the different properties within the brand and even into some of the other businesses within the company. Uh, one of the big ones that everybody knows this company for is Cathay Pacific, the airline. Um, after spending that time in Hong Kong, I returned to Miami to open the first hotel for Swire in the United States. They already had a presence in the U.S. in Miami. They built um, a, a man-made island called Brickle Key, and they were now venturing into what is their main business in the properties division, which is mixed-use developments and so that means a big shopping mall connected with office towers connected with residential towers and with a hotel so i was the the number two the hotel manager opening east miami and that was a very successful opening for us and um after spending almost again two years in miami um it was time to to try something new and uh, at which point i joined four seasons uh, which had been a dream of mine uh, since I started in the industry. I always looked up to Four Seasons as the top company to work for in hospitality. And so when, when the opportunity came through, I, I did not hesitate twice. And, and what better place to move to than Hawaii? So my wife, my kids, and I at that point packed our bags, moved to a tiny island in Hawaii uh, called Lanai. And we spent uh, a year and 10 months there 
before now moving to Austin, Texas, and September will mark two years that I'm in, in Austin. And so it's been a great ride, and I've had the opportunity to work in a very broad range of um, businesses within the industry. So I've had, you know, I've worked in restaurants, I've worked in bars, I've worked in um, country clubs, resorts, hotels, in city environments, in, in, in remote locations. So it's been a very broad upbringing in hospitality and one that I'm very grateful for and very proud of. Yeah, you should be proud. Of, I, I, it always impressed me when I hear your story because, uh, well, you, you grew fast. You seem very focused, David. You can even see that you're focused on LinkedIn, you know. So it, 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 is, it is quite impressive what you achieved so far, and I'm sure you s still have many things to achieve. And uh, one thing that you were talking about in your career that grabs my attention is that you have since the beginning almost like uh, a role as a manager. And here we're going to talk about being a leader, which you already explained to me in another interview that it's, they are not the same, right? Uh, to being a manager and being a leader. So before we start uh, getting into the leadership in a crisis, can you just explain to us a little bit what, what do you consider as being a good leader? What characteristics should a good leader have? And uh, you, you, you said one, one sentence in the, in the interview that I really liked, and I will quote now. Uh, leadership, it's something that you are every day. And I think this is great because uh, sometimes people think that leaders are, are I don't know, you, you were born as a leader and that's it, but it's something that you, you need to do every day. So could you please just uh, tell us a little bit about what is to be a good leader? Sure. This has been a great time to think and reflect on, on things like this for me. And I've really seen many examples of bad management, but great leadership, right? And management, that, and it's easier to distinguish this now because we're going through a very uncertain and very unique time. And to nobody's fault, right? Managing right now is extremely difficult because there are so many things we don't know. Uh, but it, it brings to light the fact that with this uncertainty and with not knowing, there's a big difference between managing and leading. So to me, the characteristics of a good leader are fairly simple. The first one is they know themselves well. Leaders not only have a clear vision of who they are and what they believe, but they also have a very good understanding of what other people perceive of them. So it's easy for you to look at yourself in the mirror and to say, okay, this is the way I am. This is the way I behave. These are the values that I have. This is what I want to uphold, and this is what I want people to see of me. It's much more difficult to see the other side. What are people truly perceiving of who I am as a leader and as a person, as a human? Am I coming across the same way as I want to come across the people, or is it completely different, right? And I think this is a good time to, to think about this because when you – are in front of other people and you're in front of your team, you want to come across in a very intentional, focused way, as you mentioned. The second piece is they are humble and they recognize they don't know everything. In fact, they typically choose to surround themselves with people that are better and smarter than them. That is something that I've found 
is is a big differentiator between a a good manager and then just a good leader. A good manager, a lot of the times, has gotten to that job or that role, that formal role, because they were good at a specific part of the job. And so then they said, okay, this person's really good at this. Maybe we should make them the one that's the leader of the team or the one that's managing. But the the skill set that you require to be a great manager is totally different to the skill set that you require to be a, a great individual contributor. A lot of the times, as a matter of fact, the fact that you give up control in a management role or in a leadership role, you give control to other people that are better than you and you give control to other people to do the job that they were were chosen and selected to do. So great leaders know how to give up control while still being in the know of everything. And I think that's a big thing that sets great leaders apart. And then the third part for me is that they genuinely care. So they ask about your well-being because they care, not because it's something they have to do to tick a box or as a self-serving act to make them feel better, right? We talked a little bit about humility and leadership being, you know, not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. And we talked about this last time. And, and, and that's, that brings humility, but also that genuine care and, 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 and wanting to take care of people. Leadership is a selfless act. And leadership is when you give up yourself and your happiness for the happiness and well-being of other people. Yeah, uh, that's that's a lot of great insights, David. And I'm gonna go back to the first one because I'm I'm still trying to to absorb. Let, let's say uh, you said that a, a great leader should know himself uh, himself well because uh, you sometimes you think that oh. I'm like this, this and that, but people see you in another way, right? So do you have any, for the leaders that are listening to us now, do you have any tips or any exercise or anything that, that a leader can do to, to, let's say, check if the image that you are trying to, to send is the same as the people are, are getting, you know? Yes. So... It's a great point. The first, the first thing is there's a, a fantastic book called Insight, and the author of the book is Tasha Urich, E-U-R-I-C-H. This book is a game changer for any leader because it talks specifically about this point, how the majority of people think they're coming across in one way, but the reality is that they're not. And self-awareness is not what people tend to think it is, which is a one-way street of, I look inside, I understand who I truly am, and because of that, I shed a, a, a more clear light on the world. This is where you understand that there is a two-way street, and you can shed any light you want, but if that light is not being absorbed in the way that you want it to be, it's going to have a very different effect on people. How do you mitigate that? How do you ensure that it's all aligned? Yeah. Feed, feedback. Feedback. And great leaders, going back to the third point or the second point that they recognize they don't know everything and they surround themselves with people that will make them better as well, they have built connections and they have built relationships 
with people where people can give them honest, candid feedback. And so what you can do as a leader is constantly ask for feedback and be very open to the feedback. Don't get defensive. Don't immediately start trying to defend yourself. Absorb it. Write it down. Say, thank you so much for giving me this feedback. I'm going to go back and I'm going to really think about this and, and, and try to see where and how I can align better. And there's one additional point, which is blind spots. Blind spots, they're called blind spots for a reason because if you think about, you know, you're looking forward and you have a peripheral vision where you can look left, you can look right, but you can't see behind you, right? And so that, that blind spot is that, that one spot behind you, right behind your neck that you can't see. And, and somebody was talking to me the other day about a great example, and that's the quarantine haircut, right? A lot of people <laughs> have gone out and had to get haircuts in, 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 in a variety of creative ways. Some people do it themselves. Some people have asked their partners at home or a family member to do it. And, and the one part of your haircut that you really don't care about that is, is the part right in the back of your head because you can't really see it. Right. So yeah. you can come out saying, oh, my gosh, I have this great haircut, but they completely miss the back or you completely <laughs> miss to trim the back. And the people behind you are all laughing because because they, they see that that side of the hair haircut. And so to me, that's what leadership has to be about. You have to have you have to be able to have somebody that's going to say, hey, you miss that part in the back of your head. You should probably go back and, and re and relook at that because it's not making you look the way that you want to look. Right. No, that, that, that's just a great advice and analogy. I love that. I love the haircut. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, I still have my hair uh, like it was, but I don't know, maybe I will get more, uh, get courage and, and cut it. And, and I, I, I live alone, so the chances are they're going to be bad, as you, you said in the example. <laughs> Are, are really big. <laughs> anyway. Well, two, 2020, 2020 is the year of the bad haircut, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, the 90s or 80s will be nothing compared to, to this year's. To 2020, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But David, now let's, let's get into the leadership in crisis, which is uh, an extra challenge for leaders. Being a leader is already challenging, and then we're going to add this this huge crisis that we, we are living. And I, I don't know, when I think about leadership in crisis, I always think of myself in a plane, because for me to fly is like a crisis. I, uh -huh. I'm terrified. So I always look into the crew, you know, to see if they're they are holding together, if they're smiling. And I think being a leader in a crisis is kind of like this. You. I know, I know leaders are humans and I think they, they have to be in and I don't think it's wrong to show any, I don't know, that you're sad. I think it's, it's a good thing. But on the other hand, yeah. you, you still have to keep yourself together because your, your team is looking, you know, at you and, and, and trying to read the signs. And uh, you also have a quote in the, in the interview that I really liked in the, the, the last interview. It's leadership is about being a beacon of light where there is darkness. And I think that fits really well now. So uh, uh, do you have any, I don't know if we can call it advices, but what leaders can do to help their, their team to, uh, in this, this so uh, extremely 
hard situation. Yeah, it, it, I think about this every day, right? With my team and just by observing so many examples, as I said, of great leadership, but awful management, right? And I think that leadership is, first of all, it, it's like you mentioned, you are the light for a lot of these people. And they're looking at you as the leader. And the more senior you are, the more they look at you. And so every step you take is is viewed as the way to follow. And it's it's really important that you align that with the values of the company that you work for and that you align them with your personal values. So the first thing that I, I think of every day is lead by example. I'm going to lead by example with my team. And will there be days when I'll make bad decisions? There are many days when I make bad decisions, right? But they know that because I'm leading by example, I'm going to be there with them and I'm not going to make a decision and then expect them to be on their own while I do something completely different. So leading by example is really important, especially in a time when we're starting to change the way we live. So if we're going to be responsible, then you need to be as a leader, the first one to be responsible, right? And a small example is if, if you expect your team to wear a mask, wear a mask, Every day, every time, right? And that's something so small. And, and hopefully by now we've already gotten used to that, at least for the short term, midterm, that's going to be a part of our life, right? If you're saying social distance, then don't hold a meeting in your office with eight other people, right? Figure out a way to, to, to mitigate that. Um, so I think leading by example is, is first and foremost. Um, the second thing is, you know, going back to the beacon of light, in leadership roles, in, in management roles, I should say, in management roles, we sometimes have information that we can't share with our team. And there are decisions that are made that can't include everyone. And this is a great example right now, right? There's a lot of legal repercussions to discussions. There's a lot of laying off of people. There is a lot of uh, implication to decisions that are being made for the, for the long term of these companies and, and businesses and people. And so it's, it's, it's difficult to, to be able to share everything with everyone. However, the, the, the important thing is to shed as much light as possible and as often as possible so people don't trip, so people don't bump into things, so people don't um, have to make last-minute reactive decisions about their life as much as possible. So when you're making a decision or when you're communicating decisions to your team, try to think intentionally about, okay, how much can I give you? How much information can I give you that's going to mm -hmm. improve the visibility that you have for your future? And if you don't have that visibility, be very open with them and say, I know you're concerned about X, Y, Z. Right now, I don't have answers to that, but I'm working towards that. Is there anything specific that matters more to you? Is there something that, you know, for example, health benefits, right? Mm -hmm. is, that, is that really important to you? Or, you know, have these very open conversations, and the more you open up to them while still remaining responsible to your company and, 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 and to your business, the more they're going to open up to you and the more they're going to say, listen, this is what's truly important to me. This is what's truly bothering me. This is what I'm really worried about, right? So really shedding as much light as possible is the big one. And then, and then the third one is um, being proactive and initiating connection. 
right? Don't stay silent in the background. This is not the time to, oh, let's wait it out. Let's see what happens or let's see what some of the other businesses are doing, um, right? This is the time to initiate conversation, to initiate connection. If you haven't heard from one of your team members that's not working right now in, in a few days, don't wait for them to, to, to reach out to you to get an update. You be the one to initiate the updates, the conversations, the social gatherings, the hangouts. That's critical because a lot of people feel guilt for bothering you during this time as a yeah. leader because they know that you're making a lot of decisions. And, and I know I've felt that with, with you know, leaders, and, and I've heard that from my team when they've said, hey, listen, I, thank you for reaching out. I haven't reached out because I didn't want to bother you, right? But right now, people need clarity and people need information and people need to know that people are thinking about them. That's really important. So I think those three pieces are, are really, really important. Yeah, and I, I think it's uh, we was talking about being a challenge. It is a challenge to be a leader. It is an extra challenge to be a leader in a crisis, and it's an extra extra challenge to be a leader in a crisis that involves social distancing. So it's exactly. uh, it, it is uh, like you're saying now. I think that's great, uh, great advice. Like uh, reach out for the employees because probably they they're having a lot of doubts to say the least. And and even if they don't, they will. I'm, I'm sure they will be. They will feel uh, appreciation for for reaching out, especially in the time that we want connection. Right? <laughs> we are desperate for connections right now. Exactly. And right now, we're our minds are talking to us so much more than ever because we're not as busy as we used to be. Yeah. Right? There are many people that are that are at work doing a lot more with a lot less resources, and so they're keeping themselves busy, but. A large majority, I mean, just think in the United States, 25 million people that are unemployed, 8 million of those are in hospitality, in our industry, the industry we love and we're passionate about. So there's 8 million people out there that don't know what their future will hold. They don't know if they're going to have a job. They don't know if they have enough money to pay for food yeah. and, and the most basic needs. So this is the time when you need to take as many worries away from them so that they can then focus on the things that are that are really essential. Yeah, and uh, another thing that we're thinking now, David, is uh, well, leadership. It's about inspiring, right? Inspiring others to do uh, to do things or to be something. And I was thinking now because uh, here in Brazil and I think all around the world, uh, hotels are starting to open, reopen, but very. Uh, limited it right they're not 100 percent and all that and i was thinking like how can, how a leader can how can a leader motivate their staff they're gonna start working and start working another in another rhythm let's say and still with this uncertainty uh, do you do you have any any thoughts about that how we're gonna be this this restarting of the hospitality yeah so re once you once we restart it's a little bit difficult it's a little bit of a different process or a very different process to what we've just been through over the last few weeks which has been a very negative time every decision we made was negative and bad and we were getting rid of people we were downsizing all the business was evaporating everything was negative around us 
unfortunately, a rebuilding process, although it takes a lot of energy and you need a team that's highly motivated, it's a positive momentum. It's heading in the right direction. It's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's all of these positive phrases, right? So I think automatically by bringing people back to work and allowing them to have control and and involvement in the shaping of the future of the business will help them become motivated. So control is is critical, right? A lot of people have lost control over their lives and it's it's a big factor to fulfillment and happiness, right? So when you're in control, when you have control over something, you feel more fulfilled. It makes your job better. You make yourself better at your job. So giving people some level, as much level of control over, over their job and their role and their responsibilities is, is the first thing. And then the second thing is just keeping them involved, right, and saying, hey, what do you think? What do you think we should do? What are some of the ideas that you think can, can be implemented in order to make things better? And not just say, okay, now we're going to do this and this and this and this, and if you don't like it, well, I'm sorry, right? But um, it's, it's re- and that, that, you know, genuinely caring, that piece of leadership is, is really important, right? And in reading them and saying, okay, listen, uh, you know, this, the, this employee or the other one, she really wanted to speak up in the meeting and she didn't have an opportunity. I'm going to go back and I'm going to recircle with her and say, okay, what were your points? I, I didn't, I didn't hear you speak very much, but I'm sure you have great ideas. What would you like to to uh, contribute, right? And so, by allowing them to contribute, allowing them to maintain control or take control, and and to collaborate, I think those those are three ways to motivate our team. Great, awesome. And David, uh, we talk a lot about not only we, but well, people in general talk a lot about what leaders can do for their staff, right? We you you gave us great <coughs> tips here, and but. Leaders are also humans, and I know you, you always said in your, in your post that it's really important to take care of yourself, and you, 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 you talk a little bit uh, already about this, but if you could just um, tell us what leaders can do now for themselves to be able to handle this in the, in the, the best way it, 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 they possibly can. Is there, a way, is there a way that you, David, that you can just relax or restart or something like that yeah it's a very good point right i mean we're, we're all living under a lot of stress and anxiety and uncertainty so it's it's tricky to to put your mind at ease yet it's probably the most important piece if you can't start with yourself how can you expect to to lead other people so i always um tend to think of, you know, if your light, going back to this, this analogy of light, you know, if your light is not shining as bright as, as it can be, how can, how can other people take that light and then turn it into their own light um, or, or to, to learn how to turn that flashlight on, right, when yours, yours is not working very well. So the first thing for me is that that's been very helpful is uh, meditation, having a meditation practice. Um, and that, that is as simple as, you know, taking a few deep breaths in specific times of your day, right? So, for example, first thing in the morning, first thing you do when you wake up, don't look at your phone, right? Don't go straight to your phone. Yeah. Take five deep breaths and just 
be grateful that you're alive to have another day. That's a very simple, but very powerful way to start your day, right? After, right, right before every meal, right before you're about to eat. And, and a lot of people around the world in different cultures, different religions do this already. But, you know, regardless if you're a religious person or not, be grateful for the food you're about to eat, right? Because it's going to nourish you and it's going to make you stronger and it's going to make you better. And, and that act of gratitude brings a, a sense of, of energy and a sense of positivity into your body and that, that then sheds back out, right? So um, gratitude, I think, is really important. So, uh, you know, meditation practice can be, like I said, a few deep breaths all the way to a guided sitting meditation. There's a lot of great apps out there that, that really help people uh, that didn't know um, you know, how, how, what a benefit this is. And, and there's a great resource called 10% Happier. And uh, there's an app. There's, uh, there's a, a great book as well. There's a podcast. And Dan Harris, who is, is a very well-known TV presenter here in the United States, had a, a massive panic anxiety attack in, in live TV. And that completely changed his life. And so he uh, started looking for resources to help him mitigate those panic attacks and he found meditation and so it's a great practical way of learning how somebody that truly didn't believe in the in, in the kind of more spiritual side of meditation found himself and found a way to calm himself uh, and to live a happier life so 10 percent happier a great resource there mm-hmm. um the second thing is uh for me is is to really um build habits that are going to make you better Right. And Atomic Habits is a great book by James Clear that helps um, helps you build habits and to recognize that your identity and your value as a human comes from the the way you behave and vice versa. Right. So it's a it's a vicious it's a cycle that, that happens. Right. So the more you do the habits that reinforce your identity, the more your identity reinforces your habits. And that's that's critical to understand. So, for example, if you say, I'm going to read 10 minutes every day, it's a small habit, right? It's, it's building you to be a, a reader. You're becoming a reader as part of your identity. Same thing as writing, right? If you say, I want to I be a writer. No, no. You start by saying, I am a writer. And then your habits will be, okay, I will write 10 minutes every day because I am a writer, right? And, and the other way around. So you've written for 10 minutes a day. Yes, I'm I'm a stronger writer, I'm, and I'm a better writer. And because I'm a writer, I, ten, I write 10 minutes every day. Maybe now I can write 15 minutes every day. Right? And so you start building on these habits and becoming better and better. Um, and, and so I think habits and, and, and a frame of mind that, that where you're looking at things from a positive, constructive, growing uh, way, I think help you sharpen your saw and, and, and becoming a stronger and more, more – um, able leader for your people and for yourself uh, uh, when i when i think about um, you were talking i was thinking about myself i'm doing like <laughs> i'm i'm doing an analysis of myself here while you're talking it's like a therapy so yeah, yeah so then i was thinking like oh, sometimes you uh you always you were talking about the writing and i and, and i was thinking like oh sometimes you want to change something and we we wait uh, oh no i'm gonna change like big time but if you start uh, uh, little by little then it will work 
I think we, I don't exactly. know, I, I have this tendency, this horrible tendency of thinking that, oh no, let's play in this big, great plan of, you know, and then sometimes you just don't start at all. <laughs> you just keep... 100%. Yeah. Yeah, we talked we talked a little bit when you interviewed me about the the cold shower that I take, right? Yeah. And and I had just started it a few months prior and now it's been, you know, over a year that I've been doing this and and it, it's interesting because during this whole time uh, it's easy to revert to old habits, right? And a lot of things that I've done, I mean, I I'm, I'm definitely far far from perfect and to me discipline is is a key point. I should have mentioned this earlier. Discipline is really what will give you gains and will, will allow you to make improvements, right? So um, to me, that small habit of taking a shower was my way of turning my discipline meter on um, and to, to use that as, a, okay, I've started my day with the hardest habit that I have, and that's to actually have the courage to jump into that cold shower no matter what the day looks like. And during this whole time, if I did not do that, um, and I've had a few days when, you know, like anybody, when I was not working and I said, you know what, today I'm, I'm just not going to shower. I'm just going to, you know, be lazy. Yeah. And the the whole day was thrown off just because of that. Because, you know, from that point you say, you know what, today's a lazy day. Yeah, maybe I'll have those pancakes that I typically wouldn't have for breakfast. Ah, well, today we'll do it. Right. And then a little bit later you say, yeah, you know what, since I had the pancakes, you know, might as well, you know, try try these cookies or have this extra glass of wine, uh, you know, and so if you start your day with discipline, with focus, with intention, you know, with those small habits that will kickstart the rest of your day, then it gets much easier to, to stay on the wagon of discipline and to, um, and, and to think clearly about what's important to you and is every decision that you're making taking you one step closer to who you want to be continue becoming to who you are in that identity that I mentioned earlier, right? So yeah. you say I'm a healthy person. I'm someone that has a very strong immune system, right? Which is something I posted about today is that, you know, nowadays, yes, we have to change the way we live because of all the norms, regulations, and, and you know, suggestions that, that all these authorities are making, and we have to reopen our hotels in, in different ways. And But what about our immune systems, right? That's our first shield of defense, um, against anything, right? And we have some pretty incredible bodies that that if we take care of them properly, do some amazing things to protect us from things. And so um, start with that, right? Start with your habits. Start with the small things, the small wins, like you mentioned. Take care of your body. Take care of your mind. Take care of your soul um, because you only have one of those, right? Uh, so you can find another job. You can work for another company, you only have one life, and so you have to make sure that you take care of that first as a priority. Yeah, start now and start with what you can, right? Don't just don't wait for this perfect scenario to <laughs> to change something. And just to also to give you an example, you were talking about meditation, and well, I'm I always thought that was uh, this is so silly. Uh, really, mm -hmm. I was totally against it. I I like. I like things they're more, um, how you say it, more dynamic and, you know, I like sports. I like things that I think it will uh, spend energy. And for me, meditation yeah. was like, oh my God, I'm going to sleep here. But uh, I'm, I've been, well, not only me, but I've been under a lot of stress 
So I said, okay, I have to do something. I have to help myself, you know, I have to take care of myself. So, okay, let's try this mindfulness thing that everybody's talking about. And then I started like, like you're saying, I started with like just five minutes. Um, well, it, it really, it's helping me. And I thought, oh my God, I, I, I have to admit it works. <laughs> Damn it. Because <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it is, cal calms me, calms me down. How do you say that? To make me more. Cool. Yeah, it calms me down. Yeah. yeah. So I think, uh, well, I think everybody should find something that helps um, them, you know, maybe it's not meditation, but it, you, if, if it's a time to try new things, I think it's now, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. I mean, what else, what else, what, what do you have to lose, right, yeah. in, in any of these things? Yeah. Uh, but David, that, that's been great. We, you gave, uh, gave us so many, uh, inspira so much inspiration, so many tips and book tips and all of that. So I really want to thank you for, for chatting with us today. It's, it's been very insightful for me and I'm pretty sure for people that are listening. So is there any final message, anything that we, we, we didn't talk about that you would like to, to say? And can you also, maybe if you want to leave your contact information, because leadership is such a big topic, so we would need more podcasts sure. about it. <laughs> Sure, it, it really is. And it's a big passion of mine and inspiration is a big passion of mine. I, I would, you know, my, my, my final point that I would like to bring goes back to one of the first things you said about focus. And, you know, we, we're living in an age where it's so easy to get distracted. And now more than ever, it's easy to find immediate quick fixes of, of what you perceive as happiness in, you know, a like on a page or, a, or a, on a Facebook post or, um, you know, a quick text message to somebody because you're feeling down and then just sitting there waiting for them to reply back, um, you know, and particularly with the use of technology, right? It's, it's, it's becoming a, a, an addiction. And so to me, focus is, is critical right now. And, and what I would ask every leader, but particularly leaders in the hospitality industry that want to be better for their teams is to really think of if you're already working, think about how you're working and think about how you spend every hour of your day. And are you really there? Are you really there for your team? Are you really there for your guests? Or are you mindlessly doing things, right? Email is a great example. When you're, when you're, spending all day simply responding to email, you're not doing the things that are creating value to your people and to your guests as a leader, right? Yeah. There's a time for that and there's a moment, but it's not an eight hour, 10 hour job to just respond to email, right? Yeah. If and when you are responding to email, are you responding in a very thoughtful way where you're actually taking work away from a other people or are you just simply dumping information on other people so that then they have to think and do more work right things like that so focus is key if you're not working think about how you want to go back to work think about who you want to be when you go back to work do you want to be the exact same person you were when you left your last day 
Or do you want to change a few things, right? And, and write those down and say, you know what? I used to spend too much time in my office and I didn't get to see enough guests. And I always said, oh, I wish I could see, see more guests. Well, guess what? This is a time to find a way to do that, right? Or I wish I would go down to the housekeeping office or the back of the house more office. Or I wish that I remember a leader that used to love, you know, anytime they would sit in the employee cafe. They would pick a different person to talk to and they would never just go and sit by themselves and stare at their phone, right? Um, these are some, some of the, the, the things that you, you can now reshape and refocus on and say, you know, when I go back to work, I'm really going to be intentional. I'm going to focus on what matters most. And, you know, same thing for you at home, right? We talk a lot about how to lead yourself, but now think about how am I going to lead others? No matter what job you're in, remember, Leadership is not management. Management is not necessarily leadership, right? So you can be a leader at any level of the organization, no matter what you're doing. You have influence on other people. So be mindful, be intentional, be positive, give people hope, give people opportunity rather than um, draining their energy, right? When they're around you, they should be energized, inspired, and happy because people don't want to be managed. People want to be inspired and led. Awesome, David. Thank you again so much for talking to us. Oh, and I highly recommend uh, people to follow you on LinkedIn. Can I do that? <laughs> yeah, okay that's the best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Yeah, I don't use Facebook. I very rarely use Instagram, but LinkedIn has become the platform where I like to share a lot of the information that I'm learning uh, and that I'm acquiring and all the insight that I'm gathering. So please follow me on LinkedIn and I um, connect with me and send me messages and I'll be happy to respond. Uh, to me, it's about connection and helping people and inspiring. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you all for tuning in and be sure to follow Ask Suite on Spotify and subscribe to our newsletter at asksuite.com slash blog. Thank you all and see you next time. This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark.